In classical circuit theory, we have four fundamental circuit variables. The current, the voltage, charge, and flux. We can combine uh, these variables in six relations. Uh, five of these relations are well known. The first two define the voltage and the current, where the voltage is the rate of change in the flux and the current is the rate of change in the charge. The other three pairs define the fundamental circuit elements. We have the resistor, who relates the current with the voltage, and the capacitor, which relates the voltage with the charge, and the inductor, which relates the current with the flux. These elements uh, are called fundamental because we can't produce their behavior with other fundamental elements. This leaves out one relation, which is the relation between the flux and the charge. In 1971, a University of California Berkeley engineer uh, predicted that there should be a fourth element in order to fill this gap. And that element is what we're going to talk about today. You're listening to TechWise Podcast, uh, coming to you by the IEEE University of Tripoli Student Branch. And here we talk about, about science and technology from different fields. This is Hadil, so let's start. An IEEE senior member uh, predicted the existence of a fourth element called the memory resistor. Such a device, he figured, would provide a similar relationship between magnetic flux and charge that a resistor gives between voltage and current. In practice, uh, that would mean it acted like a resistor whose whose value could vary according to the current passing through it. And which, uh, and which would remember the value even after the current disappeared. The reason that the memristor is different from any other fundamental circuit elements uh, is that, unlike them, it kind of carries a memory of its past. Uh, when you turn off the voltage to the circuit, the memory, uh, the memory resistor still remembers how much was applied before and for how long. That's an effect that can be duplicated using any other uh, circuit combination of uh, resistors, capacitors, and inductors, which is why the memristor uh, qualifies as a fundamental circuit element. Uh, You can think of it as a pipe that water runs through. Uh, The width of the pipe is like the resistance of the flow of current. Uh, The current here is the flowing water, uh, which means that normal uh, resistors have an unchanging pipe size. A memristor, on the other hand, changes the amount of water that gets through. The water goes in one direction, the pipe gets bigger, and if it goes in the other direction, it gets smaller. And the memristor remembers, uh, like when the water flow is turned off, the pipe size doesn't change. Such a mechanism could technically be replicated using transistors and capacitors, but it takes a lot of transistors and capacitors to do a job of a single memristor. For many decades, it remained unobserved, just a hypothetical device, until it was identified in HP Labs in 2008, where they found an ideal memristor in titanium dioxide. Um, Like silicon, titanium dioxide is a semiconductor. In its pure state, it is highly resistive. However, it can be doped with other elements to make it very conductive. Titanium dioxide, the dopants don't stay stationary in high electric field, they tend to 
drift apart in the direction of current. Such mobility is like is poison to a transistor, but it turns out exactly what makes a memristor work. In April 2022, scientists in Austria and Italy developed a quantum version of the memristor. Quantum memristors uh, relies on a stream of photons existing in superposition, where each single photon can travel down to a separate path, paths laser written into glass. Normally, uh, memristive behavior and quantum effects are not expected to coexist. Memristors are devices that essentially work by measuring the data flowing within them, but quantum effects are infamously fragile when it comes to any outside interferences such as measurements. The researchers overcame this apparent contradiction by engineering interactions within their device to be strong enough to enable memoristivity but weak enough to preserve quantum effects. These quantum memoristors could lead to quantum neuromorphic computers. It's um, kind of a complex word, so we're going to break it down. Quantum computers um, rely on how the universe becomes a fuzzy place when at its very smallest levels. For example, atoms, uh, photons, and other building blocks of the cosmos can exist in a state of flux known as superposition, meaning they can essentially be located in two uh, or more places at once, or spin uh, in two opposite directions at the same time. And neuromorphic computers uh, are a very large-scale integration systems uh, to mimic neurobiological structure present in the nervous system. Roosters have a nanoscale dimensions, uh, low power consumption, non-volatile memory. All these properties and more makes them suitable for many applications, like computer memory, programmable circuits, and as we said above, neuromorphic computers. In theory, memristors can act like artificial neurons, uh, capable of both computing and storing data. Researchers suggested that Neuromorphic computers built using memristors would perform well at running neural networks. Um, neural networks are a machine learning system that use uh, synthetic versions of neurons to mimic the process of learning in the human brain. Um, and that's all the time we have today, but uh, before I go, I, I read this quote that I kind of think is fitting for this episode. It's by Robert. Heinlein, an American science fiction author, he wrote, One man's magic is another man's engineering. Supernatural is a null word. Thank you for listening and have a good day.